This is the true story, true story of 28 teammates playing America's pastime together in one of the most iconic cities in the world where every play and decision made is scrutinized under a high-powered microscope. Over the next week plus, we'll all find out what happens when the schedule stops being polite and starts getting real. It's the real world, Yankees edition. Joining us to talk about where the team is and where they could be by October 3rd is friend of the program, John Jastrzemski. Join us, won't you, for the latest and greatest edition of the Pinstripe Pod from the New York Post. Hello and welcome back to the Pinstripe Pod, our Yankees podcast with the New York Post. I'm Chris Sheeran alongside my co-host, four-time World Series champion, lockdown reliever Jeff Nelson. You'll hear our approaching elimination Met fan producer. I love how that changes from show to show. That'd be Jake Brown as well. Follow the whole crew on Twitter at Chris Sheeran. Yes, at NYNelly43. And of course, at Jake Brown Radio, friend of the program, big Yankee fan and host of the New York, New York podcast with the ringer, John Jastrzemski will join us later in the show. But first, even in a sweep of one of the worst teams in the league, Nelly, the Yankees shortcomings we have seen all year reared their ugly heads, sloppy defense, bases loaded and being bailed out by a wild pitch in between back-to-back strikeouts by Glaber Torres and Gio Urshela. I know Torres had the big double later in the game. In the very next inning, though, after those back-to-back strikeouts, Kyle Higashioka, who is responsible for the only two runs driven in, singles, he gets pinch run for by Tyler Wade. Wade's steals second and third he's there with one out on third base and he's left there against one of the bottom feeding bullpens in the american league now the yankees eventually get the job done the next inning against a staff that is the sixth worst overall era in baseball yes they did as they should have all game long by the way look this is coming from a person who was called the lighthouse of hope back in 2009 when fans were kicking dirt on that team's grave in june i held firm that they would figure it out and they went on to win the world series what in god's name has this team done this season that makes you feel as a fan base that these next nine games are going to end well. If you have those delusions of grandeur and you believe in this team, God bless you. But Yankees fans, I implore you, heed what I am saying. Read between the lines. The warts are still there. They were just hidden by an awful Texas Rangers team that could have won this series. And with Boston, Toronto, and Tampa on deck, plus the fact that Toronto's last 10 games include seven against the Twins and Orioles, and after the Red Sox play the Yankees this weekend, they will have an opportunity to belt around the beltway with six games against the O's and Nationals, Nelly, the Yankees' destiny is in their own hands, but where their competition is when they aren't facing them head-to-head should scare the bejesus out of Yankee fans. Yeah, you know, you can look at everything that they did wrong during the Texas series, and, you know, because it was Texas is one of the reasons why they had to sweep, but the bottom line is that they did sweep. You look at a lot of series in the past, and when they've won the first two games, they weren't able to complete that. For instance, the latest one was in Baltimore. When you had a chance to sweep another team that is atrocious 
and they couldn't do it. So it looked like it wasn't going well in the beginning. It was a 3 nothing Texas lead for a while until the fifth inning, and then, you know, then the Yankees started coming back. So at least they swept the series, and that's what they needed to do. How, how poorly they played, whether it's defensively, and you can say, yes, they played the same way as they've been playing for the last couple months or last month ever since after that 13-game winning streak. Yeah, they were horrible, but they won three games. They're a half a game. Now Toronto plays the Twins today, and they can easily be a two-way tie for that second wild card going into the last nine games. Now you have to look forward. Whatever they did against Texas, they did win the three games. That's all you, that's, that's all that everybody needs to know. They have to be happy about that. They squeak past Texas. You have to go through these next nine when you're looking at Boston, Toronto, and Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay has already clinched a spot in the playoffs. They're going to clinch the East here in no time. The teams that are ahead or right there with the Yankees, you look at the record, worst case, I want to ask you, worst case scenario for a record for the Yankees to get in these next nine games? What do they have to go? I was just looking at that before we came on and started taping this. And, you know, in order for them to get to 93 wins, which is what we discussed earlier in this season, they have to go seven and two. Are they going seven and two in the stretch? No, that's that's what that's I was thinking the same thing. So I was like, okay, these next nine games, what do they have to go? What is their record? The worst record they can have in order to get into the playoffs. And I think you're right. I think it's seven and two. And that means they're going to have to sweep a series, and that's not going to happen. They're not going to sweep against Boston. They're not sweeping Toronto, and they're not sweeping Tampa Bay at the end of the season. The end of the season may not even matter for either one of the teams, but you know you don't know. But hopefully, it does. Hopefully, it means something for the Yankees. And now Toronto goes into you know they have the Twins four games. That's a little bit of a, an advantage for the Yankees, only because you know I, I don't care how well Toronto has played, you're going to have to beat. You're basically going to have to beat the Twins three out of four. Now the Yankees have not played the Red Sox well, the Blue Jays or the Rays, but going six and three is not going to cut it going five and four no way seven and two is the only way I think this team gets into the playoffs yeah I absolutely a thousand percent agree and that's why I went off on my little preamble before I I handed it off to you very nicely out of the I formation there Nelly because this team based on what it's done and I know they swept the Rangers and I know it doesn't matter how you win as long as you win I get that and they did their job and they're back in the wild card picture right now However, based on their track record, based on what they've put on the field and what they've done on the field all season long, if you sit there, if they go seven and two, eight and one, or nine and zero oh over this last nine game stretch, I will gladly eat my words. I will bake a cake and write the damn words on the cake, and I will devour it on this podcast. We could, Jake, you could use the video and put it on Twitter. I Can will, we actually make some kind of bet over this? He's, I will he's only saying that because it's not going to happen. Oh, if I do not gladly <laughs> eat my words. I will. I will do it. I will bake something. I will write the. Word words on it and I will eat it on this podcast and Jake you could put the video out wherever the hell you want to put the video out because it's not gonna freaking happen it's not and if you're sitting there as a fan and I know you're trying to be positive but the same Yankee fan who was sitting there beating their chest last night at the stadium beating up on a Texas Rangers team let's be honest Nelly they came into this series they had the worst second to worst batting average in the major leagues and they were dead last in OPS 
That's who the Yankees had to beg, scratch, claw. That's who they had to do, like, all these little things to get by. And by the way, how do you start Luke Voigt at first base in that game? How? And I know our boy John Jastrzemski is going to join us in a little bit. He was tweeting about that during the game. Luke Voigt was turning into Dan Quisenberry at first base. <laughs> Nelly, what the hell were those throws? I mean, he got lucky with the first one that he threw over or the second one that he threw over there. The first one nailed the runner into, I mean, I, I don't know what the hell Aaron Boone is thinking. I, I know he has to get judge off his feet. He's banged up. He says that every freaking day. Now judges banged up who isn't banged up in 162 game season. Just sit him down. You have to have Anthony Rizzo at first base. You do. You need these games. I don't understand. You're coming down the stretch. Why the hell are you not defensively a hundred percent? In a game like that, it made no sense, Nelly. None. I agree that this is something that Joe Torre would have never have done. He's playing the best defensive first baseman that you have. And Anthony Rizzo is one of the best defensive first basemen in the game. And if you continue to try to keep, it's almost, okay, yeah, I understand what Aaron's trying. He's trying to win the popularity contest in the in the clubhouse. He's trying to be the great communicator. He's trying to keep everybody happy. But at this time of the year, you can't worry about people's feelings. You can't worry about keeping everyone happy. You have to go with the best defensive team or your best team on the field and I tell you what the last nine games I don't want to see any of these guys any of these superstars have a day off if all of a sudden Sunday comes and Stanton has to sit or Aaron Judge has to take a day off this is not a a world championship team no you're your this best is lineup, your, yes, your best lineup has to be out there. Stanton All nine ha- games. Stanton has to be out there in the outfield, okay? Yes. You need Gardner on the bench for a defensive replacement and a possible pinch runner. Yep. That's his job. Yes. Giancarlo Stanton needs to be in the damn lineup. And if you want to get Luke Voigt at bats, make him the damn DH right. and make sure Anthony Rizzo is at first. That's your lineup. I just did it for you, Aaron Boone. That's your lineup your last nine games don't tell me he needs a day if you need a goddamn day with nine games left going up against the red sox the blue jays and the rays trying to get into the freaking postseason you don't belong in a goddamn league you don't i'm sorry and you don't you don't belong as a manager in the goddamn league either is everything Enough. okay at home, Sharon? Enough. <laughs> is your home? Are your children okay? Is your wife doing okay? Is is the dog okay? Is everything okay hey, at home? I'm sorry, but you know, you're telling me I, 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 you come on and you you look at the dock for the podcast and you see what I'm putting in there, and you're like, Sharon, they they just swept the Rangers. I mean, why are you so upset? It's not just the Rangers; it's the entire season. This lineup is confounding, Nelly. Am I right or wrong? Like, how could you have this lineup? and have to come back to win ball games 39 freaking times. This lineup was supposed to be like the 27 Yankees, for Christ's sake, and this was before you brought in Gallo and Rizzo. And I tell you what, it's it's going to be the toughest situation, maybe decision. You just said it. If they do, obviously, I agree with you totally about anybody taking a day off in these last nine games, they better go check themselves and just go play for somebody else. But, you know, the toughest decision is behind the plate. I mean, who do you catch? I mean, you, you, have, a, you have a chance that, okay, yes, Sanchez has been hitting the ball. He can has a chance to hit the ball out of the ballpark. But it almost like you need your best defensive catcher back there as well. You can't be booting balls and looking like Mike Tyson back there and boxing every single pitch back there because it, that that's going to cause that's going to cause havoc. You've got to play clean baseball for the next nine games, and they they don't play clean baseball through one game. 
but you have to play clean baseball. You cannot give these teams extra outs. The offense for the Red Sox, the offense for the Blue Jays and the Rays are, are a lot better right now than what the Yankees are throwing. I think this is this is these next nine games are what are the Yankees made of? What are they made? This is this is a chance that if they come out of this, you know, and this is what I believe, if they come out of this with uh, seven and two or better, I think this team has a chance to make a little bit of a run. I think they can get through that wild card, and then all of a sudden they're in the ALDS because this is the next nine games. What are you made of? And then you go to Friday night, and this is the biggest start of Garrett Cole's Yankee career. What are you made of, Garrett Cole? You're supposed to be the ace of this staff. You're facing the Red Sox, who you're two games behind. What are you made of? What If he goes out and poops all over himself and throws five <laughs> innings and strikes out 10 and gives up four runs, this season is over. This season, I think, is decided on Friday night against the Red Sox when he takes them out in Fenway. Well, since you brought it up, his career at Fenway Park in um... – five starts he's 0-3 with a 5.19 ERA and he lost both starts at Fenway for the Yankees this season he's going up against Nathan Avaldi and Nathan Avaldi uh, versus the Yankees at Fenway Park six games four starts two and over the 165 ERA yeah, so, yeah that's what I was gonna say he, are, sho- he shoves it up the Yankees you know what yeah, so. you are absolutely correct Friday night is what this season comes down to because if Garrett Cole passes the baton and doesn't come out and isn't Garrett Cole and passes the baton to Nestor Cortez to try to save this series against the Red Sox, because if you lose this series to the Red Sox, bye-bye. And all these Yankee fans that were pounding their chest last night at the stadium on Twitter, taking a victory lap after beating a, a Ranger team, do they have a hundred losses? I don't even know. They're, they're that oh, bad. Oh, come on. You can't, you know, they just came off a sweep at Yankee Stadium. It was a great win. I don't need to hear from a Met fan right now. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I'm, because, I'm sorry we couldn't help you guys. These no, because days. you suck. You absolutely <laughs> suck. You had an opportunity to do something for New York baseball, and you guys, you, you trip over your damn <laughs> every time you have a chance to do something right. Sorry, this is a Wendy's. My goodness gracious. (laughs) I mean, all I'm saying is, you know, fans have the right to be happy. Right now, the Yankees are the second wild card. Of course, that could change in the next week. But they did what they took care of business at home. They did it in fun fashion. They had a reason to celebrate last night. They rallied together. You have to. You know, understand there's the hu- there's the human element to this too, Sheer. They're coming off a, a, a sweep at home. Carry that into the weekend series. Yeah, they've gotten spanked around by the Red Sox, but these are winnable games. The Red Sox aren't a bunch of world beaters. The Red Sox have had their own struggles, you know, in the last couple of months. So Out of late, they've won seven in a row, and they're getting healthy. All the COVID guys are coming back. They have sailed. Luckily, the Yankees missed sail. So, you know, I don't know if the Mets tripped over their, you know, what, because they're hung like field rats. I mean, if they had big cojones, they might have been able to win and make the playoffs, but they don't. They, you know, they just get your obituaries ready for Monday because they're going to be knocked out of the playoff picture over the weekend. And maybe well, the they Yankees. They be knocked out Friday night when, when, we're, yeah. when we're at Ridgefield Playhouse watching Vic Batetta <laughs> laughing her ass off. Maybe. The Mets will be out and the Yankees might have. Maybe, the, you know, maybe the Yankees will be out of the playoff picture by the when the weekend's over, too, because if they get swept by the Red Sox, you know, they might as well kiss the baby because it ain't gonna, it ain't gonna happen. It's not just not gonna happen. But Friday night, you know, Friday night is the Yankees season as far as the momentum changing, the you know, everything changing for this team. If they have a good nine games, they go seven and two or better. I, I, I might have confidence in them 
as far as getting a little further in the playoffs. Now, they'll probably have to go into Fenway and play that one-game playoff, which might be a big problem, but I think this team can make a little run if they play well these next nine games, but they have not been able to prove that they can play this type of baseball to be able to be a playoff team or even go further if they make the playoffs. Melly, I, I, I want to paint a picture for you, and I want, I want you to tell me, I want you to school my friend here, Jake, if I'm right or wrong. And you could be honest with me, it's fine, but I want to make this analogy. I don't know if you are, you guys, you know I'm a cheesy movie guy, so if it, I don't know if you guys ever saw the movie uh, Euro Trip, but there was a scene in Euro Trip, which is a hysterical movie. If you get a chance, if you haven't seen it, go get it on digital video and watch it. It's tremendous. But there's a scene in this movie where one of the kids goes into a sex club in Amsterdam, and he thinks it's just the normal sex club, and it happens to be an S&M club. And that's basically what this 2021 Yankees team has given its fans this season. It's like you walk into the club, you think it's a normal sex club, you think you're going to get down with a bunch of nice-looking ladies, and then they lock the room when you after you pick a couple of the nice ones that you see, and then they lock the door behind you, and the next thing you know, besides a nice little party that you're going to have with them, is I could be as clean as possible here, a six-inch stiletto is digging into some of your private parts. I mean, that's exactly what this season has been, has it not? And do you think the last nine games are going to go swimmingly after the first 100 and what is it? I can't do math. 153 games. Do you think the next nine games after the first 153 are going to go swimmingly? Do you really think so? Or do you think that stiletto is going to be in your nether? Well, region? first of all, I, I, I don't, I'm really having a hard time wrapping my head around that <laughs> analogy. I'm really having a hard time. So I don't really know if I can disagree or agree with you. So I, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll let Jake take this. Cause I, I'm really I'm trying, trying to process. I'm really, what it was. <laughs> I'm really, you know, going, I'm, I, I just don't, I don't know how to, what was in your coffee this morning? Your face looks like the red lobster. You just had a cheddar biscuit. It's like Garrett Cole getting asked about spider tech. Uh, um, yeah, uh, yeah, I have no <laughs> idea how to answer this thing. We should just go to JJ. I think Shane, your face is literally a tomato at this point. Maybe we, maybe you ought to spring that analogy by JJ, Put do, do that. Redo that question to JJ. Yes, spring the sex club analogy to JJ. See how he reacts. I promised myself I'd bring it today and I brought oh. it. Oh, you brought something. I don't know what it is to bring the stiletto to the groin, the trip over the what do, what do we got going on here? Oh, God. I'm scared to see Sheeran tomorrow if the Yankees are losing. Uh, you know, and it's going to be the eighth inning where Vic DiBetetto, and he's screaming at the stage uh, as Gary lets like a wild pitch They're go by. They're losing, Vic. They're losing, Vic. Sheeran's going to get up on stage, you know, relive his comedy dream and go up there with Vic. There you go. Ticked off with Vic and Chris. That might happen. But first, we're going to talk to John Dostremski of uh, The Ringer and the New York, New York podcast. All right, as promised, it's the host of the New York, New York podcast with The Ringer. Subscribe on Spotify at John underscore Jastrzemski on Twitter. He's our pal. He was at Catch a Story for our 9-11 tribute show. JJ, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it, buddy. Boys, thanks for having me. And I see uh, you're bringing the heavy hitters out of the bullpen. I feel like Nelly in like 98, you know, last weekend <laughs> of the year. Need some big outs. The Yankees need some wins. So hopefully I can bring some uh, positive juju to the boys and to this podcast. So Well, you would cancel out my negative stuff because uh, 
in the first half of this podcast, JJ. I, I'm sorry, but the way I put it, and you know, I saw you tweeting during the game last night, and you were kind of in the same boat that I was in until they actually decided that they actually went up to the batter's box with bats in their hands in the eighth inning, and they started to do something because everything. Now look, I, I said this in the open, John, and I'll, I'll broach it with you, and, and and you could tell me if I'm right or wrong. But all the warts that we've seen with this team all season long, did they get the sweep? Yes. You know, I'll freely admit that. And and they did their job. They got the wins, albeit however ugly it was. They they swept the Rangers, which is what they were supposed to do. But you still saw the warts against a really awful team, and you needed a pass, a, a wild pitch. You needed an error. It's just these things that you see and that as a Yankee fan who's just happy that they're winning, it's one thing. But as a Yankee fan who sits back and looks at it analytically and says, all right, this is the same team. And God forbid this last nine game stretch. John, what what say you? Yeah, I get that, Chris. It wasn't pretty last night. They're down three to nothing. They're going through the motions. We've seen that so many times throughout this season when the Yankees are trying to get a sweep. And Listen, at this stage of the year, I'm sorry, it's not May, it's not June, and I'm glad that you guys saw that tweet. It might have been a couple of Corona lights deep, but needless <laughs> to say, it's obvious the Yankees couldn't lose that game. Like, I know you say it's 1-162, and every game counts the same. See, I don't look at it that way now. You have 10 games left, you have 9 games left. You know you have Boston, you know you have Toronto, you know you have Tampa over the final 9 games. You can't lose a game at home to a 50-something win Texas Ranger team. So that would have been catastrophic for the Yankees. It wasn't pretty. I don't know why Luke Voigt was playing first base. I'd love to know the answer to that question. That's number one. You have Anthony Rizzo. Can you play him every day, for goodness sakes? Number two, you nailed it, Chris. Their offense all year has been way too spotty. It's been way too inconsistent. And, you know, I was thinking about this at the game last night. Aaron Judge and John Carlos Stanton have played this entire season. They've been pretty darn good. Aaron Judge has been amazing. John Carlos Stanton has given you what you would have hoped for. If you would have told me back in April, if we were doing this pod, you get this out of Judge, you get this out of Stanton, the Yankee pitching numbers would be what they are, and yet they'd be fighting for a wild card? Guys, I would have never believed you. So, yeah, those wards, they're real. They're legitimate. I don't think there's any doubt. No, I, I said in the beginning of the season, I thought this was the best team in the American League. You throw them and the Dodgers together, I thought they're the best two games, two teams in baseball. And that obviously is not the, the, the case with the Yankees. So saying that, you know, obviously, I, I don't I, I don't know what they're thinking about playing Luke Voigt at first either. You have to go with your best defensive team. So these last nine games, I better not see one. And we talked about this earlier before he came on. I better not see one of these superstars, Judge, Stanton, Rizzo needs to be in there. I don't care what kind of feelings or what kind of manager or how you feel about these players. These guys better be on the field every single game. And I don't want to hear, oh, I need to give them a break because of their workload. Hallelujah, Nelly. Hallelujah. Yes. Aaron Judge, <laughs> John Carlos Stanton, Anthony Rizzo. And I know he hasn't hit. DJ LeMayu, they cannot sit another game this year. And the way I see it, guys, over the next nine, I think one of two guys is either in the lineup or out of the lineup. It's either Brett Gardner's playing center field and Luke Voigt's the odd man out, or Luke Voigt is your DH, not your first baseman, and you go with the jumbo package in the outfield with Gallo, with Judge, with Stanton, and maybe you have Gordy coming for defense. 
in the later innings. And I'm even cool if they want to put Gallo on the bench in one or two of these games if they're facing a tough lefty. I'm not going to scream about that. But the idea of the big guys, yeah, I don't want to hear about off days now. I don't want, I don't want to hear about a blow. No, 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 no. These are playoff games. Point blank, ALEs, playoff games. Your best players got to play. Yeah, I completely agree. We talked about that in our first segment. And, and John, we, we also talked about, Nelly brought it up, so I'll give him credit. But Garrett Cole, this first game at Boston, we know the Yankees have to win this series. They trail the Red Sox by two games in the wild card. If you go up there and lose this series, uh, you know, throw your hands up in the air and say, yep, same old Yankees. They have to at least, let me ask you this before I get into Garrett Cole. Nelly and I both agreed over this last nine game stretch in order for them to basically have a solid opportunity. We thought earlier in the season, maybe back July and August, maybe the last time we talked to you, it was going to be 92 or 93 wins to get them into the postseason. Well, that right now means they have to go seven and two in this nine game stretch. Do you see them doing that, John? Can they pull that off? No. I, from what I've seen this year, no, but the Yankees have had this one dominant stretch of baseball where they won 13 games in a row. Can they somehow, some way rekindle what they had in that 13 game stretch? Then sure. Then they could go seven and two. I think guys, if they want to make the playoffs, the number I'm looking at over the final week, I think they got to go six and three. I think the Yankees have to win every single one of these series. I'm curious to see how Tampa is going to approach things. We know they really get a kick out of embarrassing the Yankees and beating up the Yankees. But I would argue, guys, if I'm Tampa, I want Toronto out of the playoffs. I want no part of playing the Blue Jays. With the way they're hitting right now, Vladdy Jr., now you got this whole nonsense with the Kevin Kiermaier card. My, my <laughs> advice is don't, don't drop the scouting card. How about that? Don't, it's, you know, it's like me dropping a $100 bill on the floor. I lose it. That's my fault. You know what I mean, dude? So I, 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 I love Tampa and what they do. I just hope that they kind of take it easy on the Yankees next week. But, yeah, six and three. That's my number. You guys think six and three? Good enough uh, for the Yankees? No, I'm, right I'm, oh, I'm going Ellie, no. no, I'm going seven and two. They go if they go six and three, they're done. You, you know, and as far as the last series against Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, I don't think will let let up. I don't think they for one, I you know, Kevin Cash, for one, you have to have kind of respect and you have to keep playing the game just because for the Red Sox and the Blue Jays. Now they just beat the Blue Jays two out of three. They're gonna have extra days off before they start the ALDS. So they, they have to keep things going. Sometimes you get you get a little rusty once you have two, three days off before they ALDS when you start hosting the first game at home, whether it's the Yankees, Red Sox, or, or Blue Jays. I think they put the hand, they, they still put the pedal to the metal, and I still say they're going to want to try to sweep the Yankees and do everything they can. I think they much rather see the Yankees out of the playoffs than them having to face the Blue Jays. I don't think they really care about the Blue Jays. I think they feel that they can beat anyone, and they would rather kick the crap out of the Yankees and watch them go home and watch it on TV than worry about setting up their road. Because it's already going to be set up anyway. You know, their rotation is already going to be set up because of the days off. But I think seven and two, if they don't, and that means they're going to have to sweep one of these series. And I don't think they do that. Nelly, when you were on those teams in the 90s and you were playing out the stretch at the end of the year, did you guys have, like, listen, you guys were in the playoffs for the most part. I know 2000, the team kind of limped into the playoffs. It was a little bit of a different story. Like that, like final three or four games, was it a mentality of we want to ride this momentum into the playoffs or was it kind of the other way around where it's like, hey, we got to make sure your arm's right and Mo's arm's right and 
you know, everybody is where they need to be physically. Like, how did when you were a part of those Yankee teams and with the Mariners, how did you guys kind of approach those last couple? Well, of it was it was setting up the rotation because it was a little bit different because you didn't have that extra wild card. So you went, you didn't have that one game playoff. So you didn't have as many days off to get ready for the playoffs. So Joe Torre rested guys, you know, at the end, you know, maybe the last four or five days, like 98, we clinched so early. You know, we still wanted, Mr. Starnbender never let you have complacency or have you have rest or think that, oh, you know, everything was, uh, let's just go through the motions the last few days. So it was always the hammer down all the time, but Tory would rest guys. I mean, he would, we would still out of the bullpen. If it was a close, if it was close game, Stanton and I were still in, Rivera was still in. It wasn't any of those things. Hey, we're arresting you. You know, back then we, you know, we had Stanton on and it was easier for us to continue to throw than give us days off. Cause sometimes days off what was, were not good for us. I mean, we would take a day off or two days off but if you give us more than two days off we were probably a little rusty so it wasn't one of those things that we kind of eased our way in after we clinched it was hey you know what we we still have to keep playing and we had position players that didn't want to do that anyway when you had tino and o'neill I mean, Good luck trying to take on the odds. Yeah, yes, on. exactly. Come I mean, on. these guys didn't want days off. They're like, no, no, I, I you know, okay, I'll take a day off, but no, I got to be, I got to be in there and get my four abs because I got to be ready for the playoffs. So, you know, that's the thing. I, Tampa Bay's not going to give it a rest. They're going to, they're going to want to see the Yankees out of the playoffs, out of anyone. And you know, these next nine games, I was saying, and Chris, will, we brought it up as well, and I know Chris is going to ask this question going in. I, I think we're going to see what the Yankees are truly made of. I think if they do go seven and two then I think this team might be able to make a little run I think they might be able the momentum could push them through that first wild card but I think Friday night is obviously I think the biggest start of Garrett Cole's Yankee career he has got to show up and he's got to be the ace and seven innings is the least amount that he has to go because he hasn't done well against the Red Sox he hasn't shown up in big games Friday night is the day that he has to show up as a Yankee and as an ace. It's a monster, monster couple of weeks for the Yankees. You think about legacies on the line, Garrett Cole to some degree. Yeah, you thought when the Yankees brought him in, he's your game one starter. You know, the Yankees are bringing him in to get him over the top and to go and win a World Series. Well, in reality, this year, guys, they need Garrett Cole to pitch them into the postseason. He was terrible against the Indians the last time we saw him on Sunday. And the Red Sox are throwing their Yankee killer. Ovaldi is going on Friday against Garrett Cole. The Yankees don't have a whole lot of success hitting Ovaldi. They need Cole. I- I'm with you, Nelly. If they lose the game one nothing, so be it. Cole's got to go and give me seven innings, one or two runs, nine, 10, 11 strikeouts, and he's got to deliver here. Listen, if the Yankees are going to go six and three, like I'd argue, seven and two, like I like you'd argue, Garrett Cole's got to win his three starts. You know what I mean? Like those are the games with him on the mound. You're paying him big money. He wants to be the American League Cy Young Award winner. It's time to show up and show up in a big way. Does he get three? Does it because you're going on well, Sunday might, with four days he, rest? He might if they need a game okay, one but, 63. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. That, yeah. But here's the thing. I mean, Sunday would be his last Sunday would be a four day. He would have to go on what? Three days rest or so the Yankees are the computer doesn't say that really works. Do they go against the computer? They better go against it. If they're playing <laughs> for the postseason on three days rest. They better go against the computer. Yeah. I will say this. Listen, I've killed them all year. 
They had Cole throw, what, 130-some pitches against the Astros? That crazy yeah. game at the end yeah. of July? Yeah. They let him go on three days rest. Well, they, they better strap uh, the C4 like John McClane to the computer in uh, Die Hard and throw it down the elevator shaft because the computer needs to go away. Garrett Cole needs to, to – uh, John, you took the words right out of my mouth. He needs to go out there and give you another start like he did against the Houston Astros uh, back before the All-Star break where he threw like 129 pitches, didn't want to come out of the game, basically showed some fire on the mound, wanted Aaron Boone to go back in the dugout. That's the Garrett Cole they need tomorrow at Fenway Park. It could be no other kind of Garrett Cole. And the offense has to show up too. You know what? And if this team shows you something on Friday night against Boston and the offense shows up and Garrett Cole shows up, that will set the tone at Fenway. That will get Nestor Cortez the ball the next night, John. That will get Jordan Montgomery the ball on Sunday night. And then we have something. If Cole and the offense could set the tone Friday night in Boston, it's either way. It's either positive or negative in that first game on Friday. That one game is going to set the tone for this nine-game stretch. And to all the fans listening to this, John, who heard the first segment, let me say this to you, John, because I know you're a movie guy like I am. There was a line in Ghostbusters by Winston Zedmore, and this is why I get so pissed off at this team. They have the tools and they have the talent. It should always be Miller time, baby. And so many times we're sitting here drinking White Claw with this team. I feel your pain. Hello? I mean, that's been a 2021 season in a nutshell. And I love that reference, by the way. I, what I'm, just I'm happened? I'm shocked you pull that one out of your end. Uh, Jake, anything could happen here. When you put the three of us together, anything can happen. Well, it, I was a little afraid when he said the yeah. I thought he was going to win. He, the way things were going, JJ, when he said the Yankees better strap on, I was like, whoa, where are we going right now? Yeah, you, well, you, yeah, you, miss, you miss the first. Yeah, we we got to be careful here. You know that. We got to be careful here. That's but, on you, Nelly. <laughs> Get your I'm mind actually going go. into the belly of the beast, though, fellas, this weekend. So nice. I felt Oh, you're going like, to Fenway. Good for I'm you. Fen- We're taking a show to Fenway Friday, Saturday. I was like, listen, season on Yankee the line. gear? Are you wearing the Yankee gear or no? Oh, Nelly, of course. Now, <laughs> I, think, I, I think I'm going to be in the press box on Saturday, so I actually can't be, like, in the pom-pom oh, attire, okay. so I can't be rocking, like, the, uh, the fitted hat or... I, have you seen, Nelly, my shirt? I think I had it on the other day when I saw you. The 96 team, you guys own, like, the cartoon figureheads. Oh, really? That okay. Catch. Oh, that's my new favorite Yankee <laughs> shirt these days. I got that at a vintage store somewhere. I'm like, man, this is this pretty awesome. So, yeah, the Yankee, listen, I, I win on Friday night because the problem with this team is if they lose Friday and Cole gets rocked and they don't score runs, you know what every Yankee fan is going to be saying. Yeah. Here we go. Here we go. Expecting the worst. You got to set a tongue. You got to set a tongue right out of the gate. I want to see the footage in the press box of, you know, the Yankees have a big moment and, and JJ's like doing a slight little uh, fist bump, just making sure no one sees under the desk. Well, what I do is I try to find a like quiet booth where nobody is. So that way it's like soundproof. And if I like him banging my leg or using some profanity when Aaron Boone does something that drives me to drink. It can, uh, <laughs> it can be done, and it's not a public setting, guys. Nelly, JJ, uh, Jake, how about this one? This is from my buddy Eric Hubbs from Barstool. He described the Yankees as a hospice patient who was just told there's an experimental treatment about to be used with 30% success rate. <laughs> That's a pretty I like, good analogy. I like that one, too. I think that's pretty darn good. I like it, Hubs. Well played. 
Yeah, because what would you say? Playoff chances are probably right about that. I would say they're like 30 to 35 percent. That's based on look, JJ. I'm just trying to be a realist here. I could sit here with pom poms and I could shake them back and forth and I could be Mr. Yankee and I could base it on, you know, what this team's track record is with the pinstripes and everything else. And I could bring up Nelly's teams and I could have him pile drive me into next week because he hates when I compare his teams to teams of today. However, I don't blame him either. But I just don't see how I can be positive about this squad based on what I've... Look, I know they won the game 7-3 in the last game against the Rangers. I get it. They they did what they were supposed to do. But again, I'm going to go back to the word I used. The warts are still there. And if you need a freaking wild pitch, when you have the bases loaded with that lineup and you need a wild pitch to tie the game up, game up around two strikeouts from Gio Urshela and Glaber Torres, you think that team is going to go through Boston, Toronto, and Tampa? I mean, come on. You, you got to be a realist. You could hope. As a fan, that's all you have is hope. But if you're a realist like me and you've seen what this team has done, the encyclopedia that we've seen this team put together in 2021, if you go back and flip through those pages, there is no damn way that they're in the postseason. You've also seen this team go on a 13-game win streak. That's not really fair to say. You've seen the highest highs from this yeah, team. But there's also no way they're going 5-1 and one on this road trip. I think best case. I think four best and case two best six. case scenario. Yeah. I agree with Nelly. They have a great road trip. They go four and two. And listen, Chris, everything you said is accurate. I'm trying to find glimmers of hope. I'm going to give you two glimmers of hope from last night. Number one, I like the possibilities now in this bullpen with Severino and with Herman. I agree. And with King now being in the mix because Green looked exhausted. Don't leave out Holmes. Holmes, Holmes has been great. Holmes, listen, I want to see Holmes and Peralta getting those big outs and getting those big innings because I think they've earned their way into the circle of trust. The other thing I like seeing, guys, Glaber Torres going to right field, getting a big hit. And I understand he failed miserably, and he ended up striking out in the sixth inning. That is the Glaber Torres I saw in 2018, 2019, a guy who's getting big hits, a guy who is rising to the occasion. He's played better for whatever the reason since they moved him off the shortstop. He's not a shortstop. I think we all can come to that conclusion now. They need Glaber Torres. And you know what? If he's going to be in the lineup, two or three of these games, be nice to see Gary Sanchez go and hit a couple of moonshots over the Green Monster. Just saying. Yeah, he's got to. I mean, he's had that kind of season where he needs to step up and he needs to do something big over these last nine games. John, I can't thank you enough for coming on, for showing up at Catch a Story at Two for the 9-11 show with Figgy, Nelly, Jake, and myself. You're a great dude. You do a great job on The Ringer, uh, New York, New York podcast. I meant what I said when we were face-to-face. Nobody better. JJ, thank you again for coming on, pal. We appreciate the time. And have fun at Fenway this weekend. Guys, my pleasure. And let's just hope Fenway goes a little better than Friday night at City Field. Because if I would have known that was the game I was going to see... <laughs> That says goodnight to episode 89, the Miguel Yahure edition of the Pinstripe Pod, our Yankees podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Jake Brown and Brian Mungia for producing the show. Go on Apple Podcasts right now. Give us a five-star rating. Write in a positive review. We appreciate it. You can also find us on Spotify or wherever else you get your podcast. For Jeff Nelson, I'm Chris Shear, and we are back on Monday after the huge Yankee series in Boston against the Red Sox. Enjoy the series and your weekend. 
Thanks as always for listening to the Pinstripe Pod.